0: Welcome to the Manufacturing IT Podcast, where we talk with leaders across Industry 4.0 and discover the latest technology and automation. This podcast is for anyone with Industry 4.0, whether you're an MES Engineer or Head of Automation. Make sure you tune in and enjoy the episode. Before we get into it, hit like and subscribe, and don't forget to comment and add your views. The Manufacturing IT Podcast is brought to you by Manufacturing IT Recruitment. Enjoy the episode.
1: So Jens, thanks for joining me on the Manufacturing IT Podcast. It's episode one, and who better to join us than the CEO of the industry-leading farmer MES vendor, Kerber Pharma. So Jens, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Daniel. Great to be here. And uh, thanks for the opportunity to give you an overview of uh, Kerber Pharma.
1: No, it's my pleasure, Jens. And I thought my my network would be really interested to hear your thoughts on the MES space. But I thought also we could start by, or you could start by, giving us an overview who Kerber Pharma are to the uninitiated and those who don't know.
2: Yeah. First of all, Kerber is a is a global corporation of uh, more than 10,000 10, people, and it's a, it's a multitude of businesses. Kerber is owned by a foundation, and we are very proud um, that besides the Nobel Prize, the Kerber Prize is also frequently awarded and giving back what we earn to the uh, public. Within Kerber, there are five different business areas, and one is pharma, And in pharma, we are a group of uh, corporations which are specialized in helping pharma industry to get better in manufacturing. And in uh, Kerber Pharma Software in particular, uh, we are the market leaders in um, MES. So basically, we we help our clients digitizing whatever they do in a a pharma manufacturing shop floor. And we are super proud that... um, this year also Gartner awarded us as an industry leader. And uh, if you imagine that we are working in this niche of uh, farmer and in this niche of manufacturing software, then it's also very clear uh, that we want to be the best in this area. And uh, if you are very close to your clients, if you are, uh, if you have speed of innovation, if you have a great team, if you have a lot of experience. And um, that's probably what uh, describes the the core of this corporation cooper- very well.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that that's a good narrative and overview, Jens. Thanks for sharing. I guess, you know, for me, I've always known the brand to be where and where are my IT Solutions, but but obviously there's been a slight rebrand. Would you mind just sharing a bit about that? Yes, Verum was the,
2: basically the name of, of the company and uh, also of the founder. By the way, a nice fact apart, he was uh, working with uh, Mr. Zuse, inventing the first computers. And uh, now that we are 80 years uh, in the innovation wow. anniversary of the first computer, it's perhaps worth mentioning. And uh, this uh, corporation has been joined, the Kerber Group, in 2014. And now we are bringing together the strengths of the different companies which are uh, in pharma under this common name. The corporation itself and the, the team itself stays the same. We, we are, as Verum or Firma Verum, we are Kerber Pharma Software. We are a team of more than 700 people globally. We are always close to our clients. The headquarter is here in, in Germany in. Uh, Uh, Near Hamburg and Lüneburg, uh, also uh, more than 30 years of uh, history here. We are growing also here. It's a very nice campus, and everybody who (laughs) joins the team is uh, invited to be here and also smell and feel the spirit of the team here. But what uh, Virum also makes makes this team cover Pharma special is a global network, right? And if you join, uh, you really join a team of a global. Experts in pharma software and in pharma and manufacturing. And we have teams in the US, a big team, uh, 90 people, a team in, in Thailand, more than 50 people, a growing team in India, a team in Japan, a team in, in China, a team in France. Now we are growing also a team in, in Ireland. And these are these teams are working very closely together. Right, and yeah. um, what is for me very important that they really can reach out, uh, that they interact, and that they solve clients' problems together. And this yeah. resonates super also with our clients because also the pharma clients become more and more global, and they yeah. need this uh, proximity in their in their factories, and we can yeah. be there.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, it, it it makes a lot of sense. And I, I guess from from my time or from us working together, Jens, and, and with the other managers in the team, it's great to see the different collaboration between the new team in Ireland, the team in the US, uh, and also in Asia Pacific as well. So I guess it's now a truly global company that has influence from, from all four corners of the globe.
2: Yes. You cannot invent or, or be the best in pharma manufacturing when mm. I mean, you try to invent everything from <laughs> Lüneburg, Germany, right? Yeah. And um, we have a, a saying where we say innovate at the edge. Yeah. So we try to pick these special topics in certain um, geographies. For example, we see in the US the topic of as a service, and we are right yeah. now launching uh, our MES as a service product is ready and clients buy okay. it and clients use it already. And the U.S. will be our prime region for this or yeah. the whole industry of selling gene in the yeah. U.S. Also there, the U.S. team is basically driving the agenda and then the other teams are jumping in and supporting, but the, the key, key, key topics are driven by this by this region. And then yeah. there are other topics which are driven by India or uh, france or europe in
1: other areas yeah that that's great to hear Ian, as well because I, I said to you before one of the challenges i face when recruiting for the for the business is that the, the tradition was uh, a lot of the innovation a lot of the, the brain of the business was in <laughs> Lunenburg. so it's now great to see that that that's been shared across the different regions and allowing different ideas to, to enter the business Yeah. So Jens, you've been with the business, what, two and a half years or so now. So what put Wareham on the map for you? What caused you to join? If you wouldn't mind sharing a bit about that.
2: Yeah, I'm computer scientist by nature. And I'm (laughs) always uh, very curious when it comes to technology. And and on the other hand, I am looking back on a career of uh, working more than 20 years with big corporations, big clients and consulting them and leading them also through a way of digitization. Always be very focused on the problems of the clients and understanding the business of the clients. And that is exactly what I also find in Verum. Now, on the one hand, we have super technicians who are really leading edge on, on thoughts uh, on how to, where to drive technology. And on the other hand, we have a huge uh, workforce of people with a bio background, with a pharmacist background, with a pharma manufacturing background, who speak the language of this industry and really know how to solve the problems of the clients. And these two flavors of talents are are influencing each other very well in this corporation. And that, that's what I what I really like. So right now I have a a great job. I can do what I like <laughs> in terms of technology and uh, have discussions on, uh, on driving technology forward with this uh, team. And on the other hand side, I learn every day more on uh, innovative manufacturing processes in the area of uh, cell gene, or how to optimize yield of a of a, a chromatography control with uh, artificial intelligence. So it's uh, it's a great job I have. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, it, it it sounds very interesting. A lot of things there that, that I've heard of, but, uh, but my knowledge is only surface deep. But uh, I, I guess what I'm interested in, Jens, and and I hope what others are interested in hearing as well, is what the future is for, for where and what the future is for Curva Pharma, because as most people know, PASEX, it, yeah. which is which is your industry leading software, it's used by more than you know, what, 20 of the global top 30 pharmaceutical companies. Yeah what is the future for that because you know you, you you're reaching critical mass in terms of everybody using the software is yeah. then it replacing legacy systems with other companies yeah. where, where are you growing where is your kind of plans and where where do you want to yeah. take the business so one
2: and probably one of the most important core values is client centricity yeah so whatever we do we are striving to be with clients and work for clients and serve clients Go the extra mile wherever it's necessary, right? So yeah, the first uh, pharma MES in a, in a client in Germany is still running since thirty years, and we're <laughs> wow. still supporting it. Yeah, <laughs> and it, and but you mentioned it; it's completely right. We are looking at a client base of more than hundred clients, more than four hundred productive usages of our system. And um, that is definitely one of the mission, is um, transforming this installed base into a new era of uh, technology, cloud native technology. The yeah. other mission that we have is when we when we look at the at the at the breadth of um, clients that are still out there, may it be large corporations, mid-sized corporations, selling gene clients, CMO clients we look at the uh, overall population of more than 500 clients and uh, probably 10 times as much installations as we or sites as we currently have who are not digitized at all. And our clear mission is to develop products and also an organization that is able to serve these clients and create also a, a solution set in terms of software services, content training so an offering for these clients that they are going digital because Daniel what we see right now also in COVID times is the speed that this industry is gaining and we get very clear feedback from our clients that wherever they use digital technology they can continue manufacturing they have they are up uh, up and running and wherever they are not digitized on paper still manual processes still this was an area impacted by this pandemic situation yeah, yeah. and this is something we want to achieve there's really a lot of white space which we want to address and therefore yeah. we are Developing our solutions first. I was mentioning we have passed X as a service. We work heavily with significant investments in in this year and also the coming years on optimizing our uh, cloud footprint, our usability, our integration, our possibility of making data available. The next wave will also be using AI in manufacturing to further develop uh, the solution, yeah, yeah, and bring it to our clients on the one hand side and our, our new market on the other hand side.
1: No, thanks. I, I, and I think the thing that always blows my mind, Jens, with MES, is is as you say, that the first PASIX installation 30 years ago, that they, they're still operating the software. But but I think the last stats I, I read or heard was that less than less than 60 or less than 40 percent of pharma manufacturers actually have an MES implemented. Yes, so for less, yeah. So, for a software that's been around thirty years, that has obvious benefits in efficiency, you know, compliance and such, how, how there's such little adoption of the technology? So, from a company like your perspective, there's there's tons of growth. There's tons of companies who who will be looking to buy your software. But why why do you think there's been such, or the adoption has been much slower than than in other technologies like a CRM or an ERP, for example?
2: Yeah, you know, the good thing is that a lot of these these corporations we talk to also do not have an SAP. (laughs) And I I think uh, what we see in the industry these days is that a lot of the core processes are now being digitized in the coming years. I think there has been digitization, as you said, right? Left and right, a little bit CRM here, Mm -hmm. a little bit uh, finance and controlling there. But the core uh, processes of the companies have not touched. I'm talking now large corporations, not the big pharma, right? Big pharma always did it and innovated there. I'm talking about smaller corporations, four or five sites globally who who did not invest in that area. But this, especially after the pandemic, we expect this to come significantly. But, or and the solution or the whole package must be shaped in a way that's also attractive for them, right? In terms of value, in terms of pricing, in terms of improvements to them, they see. And that's um, the team we are currently working on, on on, um, also shaping very clear this value proposition for these clients.
1: No, definitely. And I think that's that's something that's going to be a bit of interest because, MES traditionally has always been these huge monolithic mm-hmm. systems that take yeah. multiple years to implement, and, and then you've got the complexity of the global global rollout, you've got a complexity of, of different yeah. productions. So what is the future then, in your view, for, for implementing an MES for the companies that are not the big farmers, the companies that yeah. don't have the, the, yeah. the deep pockets for implementation and investment? Yeah. So... That is clearly a
2: journey of decustomization and uh, making the the product uh, easier to use. Looking at the PassX as a service clients, the first clients were live in six months between kickoff workshop and start of production. That tells you how rich the product is already and uh, How good it can also fit to the processes we we see in pharma. Yeah, we recently had a pass X as a service client who had the full development and qualification system up and running within two weeks. Yeah, wow. and they use it now. They use it for the whole uh, MBR creation and basically setting it up. And that's what wow. we strive for, right? That we minimize downtimes that we speed up in provisioning the systems. And the next topic we currently work on is that after having it uh, uh, after we brought it to the client quickly, that we are also have methodology in place to update it quickly when it when it comes to innovations, right so that clients yeah. in one or two years time can up can get an update every half a year, with the latest features, updated functionality, improved functionality, and so forth. The big challenge here is not so much the technology side, to be honest. Yeah. It is the GMP environment we are in, right? How yes. do you, uh, if, if you have a super controlled GMP environment, how do you bring innovations to these clients in <laughs> half a year that they can explain it also to their, to in, to their uh, inspectors, it's also a sound delivery process. But what Verum you did do last 20 years is basically shaping standards and implement them first. And that's what we currently yeah. also do with the different industry standardizations group like ISPE or Namur in terms of integration. Yeah, Defining yeah. standards, implement them, be the first one who provide
1: it to our clients. Yeah, being at the vanguard for that. That that, that makes a lot of sense. So, so just the, I'm curious about the, the PASX as a service model. So my background's always been in kind of IT recruitment. So software as a service has always been something I was, you know, really, really comfortable with and understood the, the idea behind. And then when I started recruiting in the MES space, it seemed like everybody sold on-premise software as a service hadn't really reached this area yet. So how how was How's user adoption been for PassX as a service and MES as a service? Given the complications with compliance and uh, data, you know, security and such, and uh, have there been many challenges selling that to, to to clients?
2: The client is super cautious. Yeah. Yeah. And there are certain clients who take it uh, quicker than others. Yeah. Yeah. Also, depending a lot on the production process, we look at. Yeah. yeah i think it will take some more time until we see a continuous bio manufacturing process using as a service because there um, the the whole topic of uptime and continuity is very important mm. uh, or is is critical right uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, where where we are currently uh, have these clients are in process areas that can Use Pass X as a as a service, as a let's say, service software, like um, weighing in some areas also for the whole process in the cell and gene area, where you have a sure. lot of interaction with operators, where flexibility of the system and interactions with um, with the operators is is much more important than. Super integrated environment into their machine, uh, their automation layer. And there we see the first movers. The other topic um, that we also frequently look at and where we are also uh, working very closely with the cloud providers is the whole topic of GMP compliance, because inspectors look very carefully also and on. The, the GMP foundation of providers like AWS or, or Azure, if hmm. they follow the GMP practices when providing a cloud environment. Also, yeah. here we do the so necessary to prove it. It has been a lot of work. I think, we, <laughs> I think the first technology wise, we made, uh, made this whole system run within uh, four months but the whole wow. um, qualification and the whole procedures and documentation of the system did take more than one and a half years to come okay. at the stage yeah. where we currently at. Yeah. Right now, we are basically running in parallel between releasing a, a software version that is available to clients on-premise, and we can take the same software also in the, in the cloud world as a service, and we are we have a also clear roadmap on further driving the microservices agenda and innovation the product in the coming
1: coming years. Right. So you mentioned the microservices. Then, so so what what does that consist of?
2: You have the different functionalities in the in the MES, yeah, like uh, uh, equipment manager, like material um, uh, flow. Uh, like the recipe editor like the recipe execution mm. traditionally it was a whole monolithic application yeah? where, where yeah. you can start and use every every functionality what we will do in the and where we already started and it's already working is that these functional you can call it apps are working yeah. dependent on what a, a user needs and so that he he or she can can use it at uh, whatever is needed and does not need to run the whole monolithic application, also does not need to learn the whole monolithic yeah. application. It's more targeted to the to the actual user um, on the shop floor. But it also comes with a lot of technology renewal and
1: backend. Fine. And so that will allow the, the smaller manufacturers who have only one or two facilities yeah. to to start using the software to to to, to understand. That makes a lot of sense. And in terms of the the future of MES, uh, Jens, where where do you think the MES space is going? Obviously, we've seen you know disruptive players coming onto the market, there's companies yeah. who are offering slightly different solutions to the, you know, the traditional MES vendors, you've got the yeah. automation vendors who have moved into MES, but where do you see the space developing over the next you know, five years or so? The answer is probably uh, different
2: to what um, segment of the industry you look at. Yeah, mm. uh, What we currently think of is much much more often a sweet play. Yeah, So we yeah. are looking very in depth into into a set of best of breed partners for example we already are partnering with a solution for the whole finite scheduling so the scheduling of the people on the work uh, on the shop floor and the equipment on the shop floor uh, with a partner uh, called Sedapta. and we are looking for other let's let's call it um, functionalities also for partners we work with, and we also want to bring to our clients as an integrated solution suite, not exclusively, but in case mm. a client asks that we can also bring it with us. May it be a functionality for warehouse, may it be a, a functionality for, for a smart um, historian integration with the shop floor, limbs, and so forth. So we we really look at the whole ecosystem of pharma IT solutions and want to bring or want to come in a position to bring a group a suite of pharma manufacturing capabilities to our clients with partners and in the Kerber group this can be through acquisitions we do with Kerber it can be through other commercial models we're currently evaluating.
1: Yeah, see see this area is super interesting for me, Jens, because I, I've been operating in the kind of manufacturing IT MES space for, for maybe five or six years now. And it's it's amazing the amount of mergers, acquisitions, and, and partnerships that build up. And and obviously it, there was the acquisition of ExpoTech last year, was, I think yeah. it was last year that 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 you agreed with. And then the year before, it was Systec and Services to, to bring the kind of service provider side. So I guess maybe you can't share too much on this one, but but how do yeah. these conversations start about mergers and acquisitions? Is it, you know, who, who approaches whom and, and and how do these conversations start and, and how do these kind of uh, acquisitions come yeah. about?
2: So, Daniel, for the majority of these companies, it has been initiated by our team. Yeah. Yeah. So we have also there a, a, a quite a clear picture on how the portfolio should look like. And generally spoken, there are, Two dimensions. Yeah, mm-hmm. we believe in. We need to have a virtually a, a vertical integrated um, suite for manufacturing. Yeah, yeah, which is every software you need in the manufacturing uh, situation. That we, there we should have an offering for our clients. Yeah, yeah, and that's where we are also looking and uh, approaching companies, talk to companies about uh, partnerships. There's the second, And that is the solution for probably the majority of the large mid-sized pharma clients because, you know, these clients don't have IT teams, right? They yeah. uh, are small IT teams, right? And they want to have a, let's say, a suite that works, that has a certain functionality and that they can use to speed up their manufacturing and use digital technology like, uh, as a commodity you, you can basically say yeah best yes. of breed um, solution the other dimension where we currently look and that is why we also onboarded exputech uh, which is now called pass x savvy uh, that is we want to help our clients to be quicker in launching products yeah we are further developing the mes to support also the uh, clinical trial manufacturing and uh, and support clients in the whole tech transfer so that yeah. whenever a the next covid uh, vaccine <laughs> is ready for a clinical trial right that the whole product can be designed and produced and then scaled up to large scale manufacturing using our tools and, and suites. and uh, that is where we are particularly strong now with the, with the uh, acquisition of ExpoTech. Yeah? Before we had a team that is speaking the language of manufacturing and what to do in weighing and, and by production and so forth. And now we onboarded also a team that speaks process development. And now mm-hmm. these teams are working together and really can bring to the client a, a, a solution of developing a drug, and bring it quickly to, to their patients for their uh, for their benefit.
1: And how, how did that process come about? Was that, you know, a number of conversations you had with customers and, and potential clients who expressed the, a need for, for this speed to, to be increased, this tech transfer to be increased, or was this something that you thought of ahead of the curb and, and thought, look, this could be the next frontier to, to help our customers? How, What's the balance like between you finding a problem that your customers have and versus you, or, or you preempting a problem that they may have and they may be challenged with?
2: Yeah, I mean, first, uh, our team is uh, very active in the different industry groups like ISPE, yeah. Pharma 4.0, and uh, we try to shape their, let's say, the idea of how would Pharma 4.0 look like. And a lot yeah. from what I said, Integration, people enablement, closed loop processes you find there, let's say, as a theoretical umbrella. Yes. But the other one, also very clear, is the discussion with clients. As I said uh, before, client centricity is one of our core values. And um, also, one piece of my job, which is also great, is (laughs) that we talk quite frequently uh, to the C level. In our uh, clients, huh? for so for our, each of these big clients you were also mentioning, we have sometimes once a year, sometimes up to f- four times a year, executive exchanges where they explain to us where they want to take their their whole enterprise to, what kind of digital capabilities they need, and we reflect back on what is our. Journey and roadmap, and uh, where we can fit in and support, and really have this client discussion firsthand. Um, one of the strengths of Verum is also the the very big and very active user community. You know the the Connect uh, uh, <laughs> the virtual the yeah. virtual conference with um, I think more than 600 people joining earlier this year. Uh, where we were also super surprised about this this uh, success in the market, and imagine 600 people just talking with us and, uh, and uh, about how to improve pharma manufacturing. That's a great sounding board, right? And yeah, you can definitely. Really, you get a lot of feedback on functionality of the system itself, and also on let's say uh, bits and pieces around that they would like to see going forward. It also gives you a very good feedback on how quick to go to the cloud, right? What are the right steps? What to do first? And you can adjust from what you might have heard in the <laughs> hype cycle and then reality.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it sounds it, all, all the very invaluable kind of market insights in Intel. And, and I must say, I, I would love to be a fly on the wall of these CEO and executive exchanges and, and hear about where these companies are going and such. It must be must be fascinating.
2: Yeah, it is great, right? And I, I did this in my, my previous career also quite often. But I must say the discussion here in Kerber Pharma Software are nicer, right? Because <laughs> they, the majority of the clients are very happy with our services. So we, we, we do also very regular client feedback discussions and the, the scores are generally very good. And clients also know that they can rely on us. And if there is a a certain topic, we also jointly work through it and uh, find also a good solution in a partnership way, right? We would uh, never uh, let a client down in case there is a, we need to go the extra mile. Also with extra investments, we do it. And uh, that is what you feel in the market. So very rarely we have unpleasant discussions, which also occur. Mainly these occur when we were too fast with certain innovations. Yeah. And we, we need to explain that we learned along the way and innovations might have even need to be adjusted <laughs> a little bit. Uh, so uh, we had this in the area of uh, virtual reality uh, where we need <laughs> to say, okay, we needed to adjust the offering there a little bit because the market was showing us a different focus
1: Oh, that's interesting so so you mentioned obviously the the user conferences i, I you mentioned about 600 people joining obviously ho- hopefully in the next kind of you know 6 12 months we can start to get to face to face ones and stop having virtual coffees and such but uh, you you mentioned obviously in those communities it's a great chance for for users to share their feedback you know discuss functionality maybe talk about what what other platforms are doing but um, how do you determine which functionalities to add which voices to listen to and which direction to take the platform? Because obviously everybody's got a slightly different perspective, but how do you create that that roadmap based on feedback?
2: So we find a very balanced approach in our product management of, um, really taking the feedback from clients. And you can basically Mm -hmm. say a certain portion of um, functionalities that we want to put in are based on client feedback. But it's probably about 80% of the innovations we do is based on what we drive here between the feedback we get from the market in terms of our sales workforce, when we talk to to analysts, and what also our product management is collecting as feedback and uh, driving in in the agenda. Because what we do not want to do is let's say the same providing the same technology that is out there for for thirty years now on an iPad yeah <laughs> what we really and uh, and let's say have the thirtieth uh, version of rain dispense yeah <laughs> uh, what we 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 need to have we need to watch in this detail and do the right abstraction and have also this functionality in detail for our uh, Pharma, biotech, and cell and gene client group. Yeah, but we also need to inno- innovate and be ahead of the curve, right? So and really, yeah, fine, really man. think: who is using the system? How it is, is it used? What can we do to make it better, right? What can we do that the system is easier to be used than paper? Yeah. What can we do to ease up the integration? Yeah. How can integration look like in future so that it is like uh, plugging in a USB device, yeah, but all this in with the underlying theme of super quality, super reliability, and making it very specific for pharma and biotech. and yeah.
1: yeah? Yeah, see, see, this is an area that I, I find fascinating, Jens, and, and I know from our previous discussions, it's, it's a really interesting area as well. Is that's the cell and gene, the personalised medicine, and the way MES can help help those yeah. manufacturers and stuff. So, where where do you see the the cell and gene personalised medicine space going as well? It's it's obviously an area that there's not a lot of lot of history in it. There's not a lot of innovation. That's that's been legacy innovation. It's a lot of new cutting edge stuff. But what is the what is the future for this area?
2: So it's definitely one of our innovation areas. Yeah? And the, the the good thing here is that the majority of all approved cell and gene drugs is already using PAS-X. Yeah? Okay. So we basically dictate take the, the software, we use the flexibility that we had in the software, and we have now also invented methodologies and best practices how to use it in a cell and gene environment. But it's also, uh, in all honesty, we need to improve functionality there. We did learn a lot, especially in the cell and gene space, the process is never stable, right? So with every batch (laughs) they produce, they learn how to optimize here and there the process. And we need to bring in, uh, so where we had before a system that was flexible in configuring a process, but then executed it with all rigor, we now yes. need to find the right way of bringing together this rigor and flexibility in the individual production processes itself. And there right. we have quite some smart ideas on the roadmap, and it will come to the to our clients in the coming months. The other challenge in this industry is the variety of the raw material, which is basically cells of people, right? Plasma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before you had your <coughs> API, it was very clear how a biotechnology uh, process works. Here you do not know what kind of quality and, and characteristics you have in your, you can call it raw material for the yes. production process. And we need to be much more, we need to help our clients to understand this much better. And we are currently looking into how to use savvy and the statistical models and the analytics capabilities we have in this team to really understand what is coming there into the production process on the one hand side, and on the other hand, uh, bringing in a certain flexibility parameterization of the production process to reflect back how uh, the production should basically take varieties in the raw material into account. Mm. And then you have all kinds of flavors in terms <laughs> of small companies where the comp- uh, the, the, the whole um, topic should should fit into large, big pharma manufacturing who, who want to scale to this whole production. The whole uh, manufacturing process is super complex. Uh, one client had... On paper, it was more than thousand pages of of recipe, which needs to be digitized. <laughs> One drug was produced by two operators per day. Yeah, so wow. scaling means four drugs per day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and there, it's it's a lot about usability. Uh, And a completely different, no, not not a completely different uh, production process, but a different production process. We are learning with our clients and adhering to. We currently estimate that probably something like 80, 85% of the functionality is is, uh, like uh, it used to be before and something like uh, 20, 15 to 20% of functionality we need to adjust and bring into the product to make it fit uh, much better and um, for cell engine clients. The good thing is, especially for the small cell engine clients, we do not see this super diverse software landscape. Yeah? We might also go in a direction that uh, our system could be the one system that smaller corporations use to manage their whole quality and production process. Yeah. yeah. And that is where we are also looking what kind of modules, functionalities can we add so that clients do not need to buy an SAP or quality management system because they just use it for just a small additional functionality um, apart from the MES.
1: No, it, it it sounds like a super interesting topic, and, and obviously from from the way you're speaking, I can see the passion behind the eyes, Jens. But it's uh, it, it, it you know personalized medicine and cell and gene. It's it's it really is where where things are going, and it's great to hear. Obviously, you know, them and Kerber Pharma Software are. At the front of that, but but look, we're approaching the, the end of the, the the episode now, Jens. and, and obviously, you know, as, as all businesses are, and especially in your position, it, we, we, they are looking to grow, looking to hire the best talents, and yeah. and one of the things I'm, I'm keen to keen to hear from you, and, and I'm sure the, the the kind of listeners are as well, is you know, t- tell us a little bit about the culture within within Kerber Pharma Software. You know, you're you're based in Germany. You know, tell us a little bit about the organization, the the kind of, yeah, the culture. Tell us about the culture.
2: So the the whole culture that we are that you will find when you join this company is a is a culture of uh, fifty years of entrepreneurship, right? So people really get empowered to shape the areas they that they work in, to uh, speak up, to further develop what we do. Because, like you said, in Celgene or with, with all the clients we do. When it comes to um, software as a service service, we want to further develop this this organization, and it's uh, it's the strength is in the in the multitude of these different regions, of these different um, cultural backgrounds, of these different um, expertise,s and that is what we, as a leadership team here in this in this uh, corporation, also transport to the people empowerment. Um, oh, the second but... is you will also see a. I mean, it's only 700 people, yeah, so it is reasonably flat hierarchies. Everybody can call me anytime if, if there's <laughs> a topic, yeah, and then we discuss and we, we try to find solutions quickly wherever possible. It's also a, a global team, yeah, mm. so I'm always saying. If uh, somebody wants to work in uh, in Asia, let's talk about it. Yeah, we find mm-hmm. a solution. If somebody wants to work in Europe, talk about it. Let's find a solution or elsewhere. So it's um, it's very let's say it's it's a global company, but you can work locally, but in a very global network. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to used to work before in, in a global consultancy, also very global organization, and you find the same here in in Vero yeah and then very pragmatic
1: no it's interesting because this is one of the things that I've always enjoyed working with the business and you know I've represented where you know maybe two three three and a half four years maybe in the market and you know it's it's always a nice selling point to talk about that yeah. it's a small enough company that it feels agile feels yeah. family orientated but it's large enough that you've got you know the financial stability the infrastructure yes. of a, a you know a huge multinational so it, it's a good balance and and yeah. obviously it's it, it's a growing company
2: yeah and then i think one is what you always fear or feel when you also walk the halls, right? Everybody in this corporation knows why we do this, right? We produce yeah. medicine for people. Yeah. And especially in the cell and gene area, you know that the product that you produce is for one individual to heal a cancer, right? Mm. And whenever we Whatever we do in terms of software development, in terms of consultancy, in terms of support, this team is really striving to help our clients to work, to develop products, and to serve their clients, which are patients. Yeah, And this, yes. this is the whole energy that you feel here in the, in the team, the quality that we deliver, the proactiveness that we see, so that we we are serving pharma, right? And that there yeah. a, a huge um, uh, responsibility comes with it. Yeah? And that's what yeah. you feel here, wherever you are.
1: Well, well look, I, I've not been to the Lindenberg campus. It, it's a place I've wanted to go for a long time. So yes. hopefully once once we can travel, we can uh, or I, I can walk those halls and, and, and feel what you're referring to.
2: Yes, definitely.
1: Good stuff. Well, look, Jens, thanks so much for joining us. It, it's episode one and delighted to have the CEO from Kerber Pharma Software on the show. So thanks so much, Jens.
2: Thanks, Daniel. And uh, yeah, welcome to the team. And uh, looking forward <laughs> to, to meet you all here here yeah. in Lüneburg or uh, <laughs> wherever you are. Bye-bye. Yeah.
1: Bye, guys. Thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Manufacturing IT Podcast. Don't forget, hit like and subscribe and add your comments below. The podcast is brought to you by Manufacturing IT Recruitment. Get in touch with Daniel Langley if you're looking for a new role or if you'd like to add talent to your team.